Happy birthday and congratulations from Matt and everyone at the Heirloom Company. Longtime listeners, can't wait to listen for another 5, 10, 100 years. Hey, I'm Ray. I run uh, Four and Peace Records. I'm based in Cardiff, Wales, and I think I've been listening since 2019. Hey Scott, my name's Sean from a record label called Paint the World Music. Check it out at www.paintthewildmusic.com. Hey Scott, this is Mike Five from Lights and Lines in the UK. Just popping in to say happy fifth birthday to the other record labels podcast. What an amazing achievement. Love what you're doing. Keep up the good work, brother. Hey, this is Jesse Phillips of Hill City Recording from Spring Hill, Tennessee. I love other record labels and all of the resources that Scott has provided for us. My biggest takeaway from all of the resources is how to practice generosity. My name is Sean Williamson. I run the Blight Record Project, and I started listening to other record labels podcasts in 2019, and it's been a motivation and a force to getting my own label off the ground. So thank you. Hello, this is John from 4000 Records in Brisbane, Australia. Been tuning in since episode five and am very thankful for everything you do, Scott. Cheers, mate. Hey, what's up? It's Cody Pope from Hellhound Publishing based out of Nashua, New Hampshire. Huge shout out to Scott and other record labels for always supporting the independent record label community. Much love. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Other Record Labels. I'm your host, Scott Orr, where we talk about the art and culture of running an independent record label. And we've been doing that for five years. Five years. Thank you to all of the folks who sent over their um, warm wishes and, and birthday wishes. I really appreciate that. I got more than I could, uh, that I bargained for. Uh, so thank you so much for the kind words. Uh, and this is incredible. We have a proper episode today. We're going to talk about actually how to start a record label podcast, which I think is super meta and ironic as um, I'm celebrating a podcast about record labels. But today's topic is actually going to be about how to start or why you should start. And then I have some practical steps on how to start a podcast for your record label to promote your own record label. Um, If you want to hear like the origin story of this podcast and kind of, you know, I, I was running my own label since... 2010. And then in 2017, I got the idea for this podcast. And and I want you, if you want to hear that story, there's a couple episodes. You can, I think there's like a trailer on Spotify for this show that you can kind of hear that origin story. I believe I recorded it last year. And then I, I've done an interview about my own label. If, if you scroll back all the way to 2018 or 2019, I think March, 2019 in the episodes. Anyway, my, my point is saying, if you want to hear the origin story of this podcast, I won't talk about it today. You can go back and listen to that. But um, today we are going to be talking about um, why it might be a cool idea for you to start a podcast for your own record label. Of course, I'm not uh, inspiring you to start a record label podcast uh, to talk to other record labels. That's ridiculous. You already got one right here. But <laughs> We're talking about... So anyway... This was an episode I had wrote the outline for many months ago, and I thought I'd just sit on it and wait until um, the fifth birthday of other record labels. And I just want to take a second out to say thank you all for listening. The The numbers are, I think it's like a quarter million downloads um, on the podcast app and then almost another quarter million um, views on YouTube as well. Um, so I I think it's a half a million, but I, I honestly have lost track now. So um but either way, it's incredible. Five years, there's been, I think, over 230 episodes. Probably should have got all these numbers ahead of time. Um, I, I'm just having a blast. 
every time I interview, a, I get to this point now where like I'm heading up to my desk to, to get on a call to interview a record label, whether they're a big label or they're a brand new label or whatever. And I get to this point where I'm like, oh, kind of, you know, not feeling it. I'm a little bit tired. And the conversation gets going. And within like five minutes, I realize like why I enjoy doing this even five years in because everybody's story is different. And so many record labels have such incredible enthusiasm. And as someone who has, has my own label, I've put my own label right now on, uh, on pause as I focus on this podcast, but getting to kind of like hear people's enthusiasm, especially people who are new to starting a podcast and some of the emails I get from you guys. Um, it's just really inspiring. And I think I know, I absolutely know that the stories we hear from labels of all sizes and all stages and, um, in their career inspire people to finally get up off their butt and start their own record label or for people who have been running a record label and feel a little stuck. A lot of these interviews have helped people get unstuck. So I'm very excited about that. And I just want to thank you all for listening for five years. And thanks for all those lovely messages at the beginning. So let's pivot into, instead of talking about a record label podcast, we're going to talk about a record label podcast, a podcast um, that you as a record label start to discuss your own record label or whatever it is that you are, uh, you want to talk about. So today I, I have a couple of examples for you, and then I'm going to talk about five things I want to cover. That's really going to, these are super practical steps that are going to not only convince you to start your own podcast for your record label and, and for the artists on your label, but I've got some actual like technical steps um, because I'm kind of experienced with it. I've been doing it now for five years and, um, and I want to just pitch this idea to you because I think it could be cool. So I've got some ways I'm going to help you out. Um, what I'll do is I don't have the URL now, but maybe I'll just make it up right now. But you could go to otherrecordlabels.com slash podcasts. Let's say that for now, slash podcasts with an S. Uh, and I'll put the notes from today's episode up there and, and we'll do a video as well um, talking about how to start your own podcast. Um, we're going to, I'm going to give you, we're going to talk about the objectives and why you should start a podcast for your record label. We're going to talk about frequency. How often should you post episodes? We're going to talk about content. What type of content should you include in these episodes? And then we're going to talk about recording and distribution real quickly. And then fi uh, finally, number five, we're going to talk about consistency and the kind of the power of having a schedule and sticking to it. Um, I've been trying to think of some examples of record label podcasts, and I didn't dig too deep, honestly, because when you Google it, um, this podcast comes up, which is lovely. Um, but I remember years ago I that... Um, I was a big fan of the Tooth and Nail podcast, and Tooth and Nail is this like indie record label from Seattle who have been around for I don't know twenty or thirty years. I used to listen to their music as a kid, and I found it very nostalgic when they started a podcast. and their And their podcast was very high production value. And I remember the first episode was about Dashboard Confessional, and I was, and it was just kind of like nostalgic to go back into time. And I don't know how the show has evolved, and, and I think they're still going. They shifted to like a Patreon model and, and, and the, the episodes were really, really great. Um, but that was like kind of my first, that was actually one of my first like music industry podcasts that I enjoyed. Um, I also know that, um, our friend, our friends at Polyvinyl have started a podcast a couple years ago 
the last I checked, it hasn't been updated in almost a year. Um, but that's okay. I imagine the, uh, some of it is pretty evergreen and it looks really cool. The branding of it is really cool. And I hope they keep it up. If you have other examples, um, leave a comment or send me an email. Let me know. Um, and also if you already are running a podcast, I know some labels out there have YouTube channels. Very cool. That's a similar thing. Um, but if you have a podcast, then let me know. I'd, I'd really like to check it out. I, and, and I think, you know, one of the reasons why, and now we're going to move into objectives. Um, and I apologize. I don't have many examples of, of existing record labels who have podcasts, but we're going to move into the objectives now. And one of the cool reasons is that like, I just think I'm a fan of record labels and I'm a fan of podcasts. And so if there's a record label out there who is like, I'm going to start a podcast and kind of give a behind the scenes look, into how we operate and interview our artists, I think I would tune in even if I'm not a fan of the music or even if I'm not familiar with the label, just because it's the same reason why people tune into this. There's like a voyeur aspect of it and being like, well, how do you do things? And that's one of the things that I, the comment I get the most about the interviews that we do on this show is that our listeners love to just kind of eavesdrop on our conversations and kind of figure out how are my peers handling the problems that I face, which is like coming up with funding for a vinyl project or getting music press or even just music fans to care about our releases. These are our, our, our biggest questions, right? As label owners and as independent musicians. Uh, I know that a lot of people love on this show to, to hear those, to hear people talk about their solutions to those problems, or at least just to commiserate that, Hey, I share those problems with people. And so I think you could achieve the same thing with your own record label podcast. A couple of reasons why I think you should start a record label podcast. I'm telling you, I'll listen for sure. It's another touch point with your audience. We talk, when we talk about marketing on here, we talk about touch points. And what that means is if you want to get someone to check out a new release, it, you need to do more than just an Instagram post or uh, a tweet or um, whatever it is, you know, uh, an email blast or, an automated email blast from Bandcamp. All of those are great and all of those are considered touch points. Some studies have said that um, consumers need seven to eight touch points before they can be converted, before they'll take action. And so, you know, if we look at, and when I'm releasing something, this is why I have a marketing checklist, but I try to have the artist um, post about their new album on their their artist pick on Spotify. And I try to have the artist post about it on all their social media platforms. And then I use the label platforms to post about it. And then I send a, an email blast. And then if the artist has an email list, we'll ask them to send it as well. And then the artists will often DM some of their friends and ask them to talk about it on their social media platforms so that it looks a little bit more organic. And if the artist can make an appearance on a local college radio station, and if the artists can pitch themselves to some curators on Spotify so that their songs show up in some playlists, and if their distributor, like our distributor, Three Tone, pitches our music to Spotify and to Apple Music um, and Amazon Music um, curators a few weeks ahead of time, these are all touch points so that hopefully somebody, the average music fan, gets bombarded. And if you're really big, you get pitchfork articles and, and, and Rolling Stone articles and, and you get enough and you get bloggers talking about it on Twitter and then word of mouth starts to happen. So these are all touch points. So I just think like a podcast could be another one of these touch points. 
It's not the end-all be-all, but it could be another one. The other reason is that people love podcasts. And I'll tell you why. People love podcasts because they are intimate. A lot of you listening to me right now are listening on headphones or you're at your desk and it's just you and me and whatever, what else you're working on, whether that's like you're at work or you're, you're doing homework or you're on the treadmill or you're on the train. Um, there is this like really intimate connection or you go for a walk. And, and so for me, when I have like a podcast episode, whether it's a business podcast or marketing or a music industry one, or like some sort of like self-help podcast, um, or a podcast about my favorite band. I like, I put my earbuds in, I hit the treadmill or I go for a walk and I just like, no, I can't close my eyes when I'm walking. That's, that's been very dangerous lately, but I'm listening to the, the show and I'm, it's just me and, and the host. And so people really love podcasts. That kind of goes without saying. Um, and so like, why are you not getting into it? And honestly, this brings me to an, another why is it's way less competitive than say TikTok. So you're like, oh, I should get on TikTok because what? There's like 40 million users. Well, on how many record label podcasts are there out there? If you search for it, it's like I come up and then like, I don't know, it's it's really hard to come across like an indie record label podcast. And so as opposed to on TikTok, everyone's doing it or Instagram or Twitter, everyone's doing that. And so to me, maybe it'll change after this episode goes out but it's like way less competitive and there's just like way more room for you to, to show up and to meet people. Um, another thing is that um, it could be another promotional outlet for your artists. And so when artists are signing to your label and you've built up this podcast that airs monthly and it has like a hundred listeners, which is great if you can get there, then that's something you can kind of say to the artist, Hey, listen, um, we, have this podcast where we talk about our artists once a month. And it's a, another, like I said, it's another touch point for the fans and it's another promotional opportunity that artists will be thankful for. And um, it's also surprisingly a great way to connect with your artists. And I'll explain why when we talk about the content side of things. But if you are interviewing your artists or you are promoting their record, their upcoming record or their, or a back catalog record, if you're promoting it using long form content, which is what podcasts are, then I feel like there's, you're going to establish like a greater intimate connection with the artist because you are digging into their catalog. You're digging into their work. It's a really good opportunity for you as a label owner to kind of get behind the artist and to figure out how this record was made. And this is an episode you could even record before um, the release comes out. So you can, uh, we talked about, remember when we had Sammy Main on the show talking about bio writing. Sammy Main is in our, is a bio writer. Um, she is in our vendor directory that you can find out more about and you can hire her otherrecordlabels.com slash directory. But Sammy had this incredible idea when you're writing an artist bio, sit down and interview, even just have a conversation with your artist and press record on your, your voice memos app. And then listen back to some of the smart things that the art or, or, you know, call out quotes that the uh, artist says about the making of this record. And that conversation can kind of write the bio for you. And so um, that's just a, another great reason why you can start a podcast because it creates a tighter connection between you and the artist and their work. And also like SEO, it's just another, um, when you 
and your brand name is now in Apple Podcasts and on Spotify, when people search for you, you're going to show up. So if you search in Google right now, other record labels, I'm going to come up on Stitcher and Amazon and Spotify and Apple and everyone who's pushing podcasts right now, they're going to push my brand name when people search for it. And so it's just another good reason why you should be starting a, a podcast. I really hope that we've got like a half dozen or a dozen or two dozen podcasts that come out of this episode. Uh, maybe you launch it this summer, you launch it this fall. Let me know. Okay. Number two, topic number two, frequency. Let's talk about frequency. What do I mean by that? How often should you release an episode? Well, I'm going to talk about consistency in a few moments and the importance of consistency. But frequency, what's most important is that you pick a frequency that is sustainable. Now, here's what I want to advocate for. The, the two most um, common frequencies that I would recommend is either monthly or weekly. Now, for a lot of you, I think monthly is preferred. Now, bi-weekly is possible, but let me tell you why bi-weekly doesn't work. Based on human behaviors, weekly and monthly makes a lot of sense, right? We do a lot of things monthly. We have um, monthly meetings. We have magazine subscriptions. We have app subscriptions. Monthly is like a very common thing. For something to occur, it's 12 months of the year. New episode out in March. New episode out in April. It's something that us as consumers can get behind, get used to. And the same thing for weekly, right? We do this. If every Monday our favorite YouTuber posts something or every Tuesday your favorite podcaster who is this really handsome uh, Canadian guy with a really sexy voice who doesn't look a day past uh, 39 and will always stay 39. Um, if, if you know that, that he releases an episode on, on Tuesday of every week, um, that's very easy to uh, get embedded in your life. And so when I'm talking about frequency here, I think if you're going to start a podcast, let's aim for monthly because that's something you can achieve. If you can't achieve monthly, then you're not trying hard enough. Monthly is something you can do. If you're going to say we're going to do weekly, gosh, you're going to have to really bank a lot of episodes and it's really hard to do. Um, you could maybe when we talk, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about formats in a second, but you could maybe do like every other week is like a long form episode and, and on the off weeks, it's just a touch in or something like you, you know, touching base for a couple of minutes. You can do that. Um, but weekly, you've got to have a big team. So just be careful. Okay. Weekly is going to be really tough. Bi-weekly, like I said, we just don't really do a lot of things in life that's bi-weekly. And so I feel like it'll be harder for your audience to get to get your rhythm and to embed your podcast into their life if it's bi-weekly. Maybe, but let's just go with monthly. I think that is something that's sustainable for a lot of you and also sustainable for your listeners too, because a lot of us have about four or five podcasts in our life. And so if you're showing up monthly, I can afford to include that into my schedule. Um, weekly would be a little bit harder. Okay. Now, number three, content. Let's talk about content. So here's some things that you can, you can do on your podcast because you're like, well, what am I going to talk about? Uh, a couple notes. Uh, one of my favorite things for me to record, for me to do with my artists, I've done it a couple times, and I would be really interested to hear from you guys, is artist commentary on an album or a single. A lot of us artists and creatives love to hear the process for other creatives. That's why Song Exploder is so popular. Um, 
uh, 100 Words or Less, I think is another um, great podcast. And so um, I know that when we do our Artists on Labels series, when, when artists come on here and talk about their process, those episodes have been really popular. So I think one of the best things you can do is that when you have a new release coming out, and I've done this with my artist, I took a Zoom recorder, I sat it on the front porch, it was the summer, and I was interviewing our artists about their new four-song EP. We talked about all the songs we talked about. I just, and I didn't even prepare any questions. I was just talking to him. We had a beer, we had a chat, like two beers, like we didn't share a beer, but, and, and the voice recorder was going there, it caught the birds and the cars driving by, and it was really fun. I don't know if people listened to it. We actually released it. We didn't have a podcast. We released it as like a EP on Spotify and Apple Music for people to listen to. And uh, it was cool. So I, I would say you should do that at the very least. Don't don't worry too much about the technical side of things. Like I said, we recorded that on like a Zoom recorder on the porch. And so that's something I would be personally really interested in is just you as a label owner uh, connecting with the artists and, and talking to them. And the artists would be super down. They'd be super down. Um, you could also do what's new content. So, you know, like talking about upcoming releases and stuff. I would recommend that you try to keep these episodes as evergreen as possible. So don't talk too much about dates. Like we have a show coming up next week. I mean, you can if you want. Um, I just think that podcasts have a different purpose um, than, say, Twitter or Instagram stories or snaps. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like podcasts are meant to be a little bit more long form and a little bit more evergreen. You can argue with me. You can do your own thing. I'm just saying it would be kind of nice for people to discover your podcast and listen in to these episodes if they're six months late or six years late and still find a lot of value and, um, and, and, and find them interesting and not feel like they're completely dated and that you've spent a half an hour talking about an upcoming show that's passed. So try to, you know, you can talk about stuff that's new um, if you're running out of ideas, but I'm just begging you to really be cautious and, and to try to keep these episodes evergreen so that when people go to your podcast feed, they can dive in to all of your episodes and find them all entertaining and relevant and helpful. And that brings me to my next point uh, under the content umbrella, and that is to provide value. So there's two things to keep in mind when you're providing value. Number one is what I just talked about, is that if you're interviewing your artist and your artist is sharing some behind the scenes on how they wrote these songs and how they recorded these songs and maybe their experiences from being on tour. Maybe an artist will record a, um, a weekly episode or a monthly episode from the road in the van and the band just talks about their experiences. That is providing value to other label owners and to other artists and to music fans because music fans, they get to empathize with artists and, and get a behind the scenes look. Label owners can hear from other label owners and hear from artists and learn from them. And then, of course, us as artists and creatives like to hear how other people create and like to know, oh, that's cool. You write songs that way. I didn't realize that. Or that's how you like to mix a record. Um, that is providing value to other people. And the second thing I'll say about providing value. So even just so, so number one is just talking about your process. That can be really helpful for people. And number two is just do not be self-indulgent. And you know, if you've listened to a lot of podcasts, you know what I'm talking about. People who will just laugh about something like an inside joke for a half an hour before they get into the meat and potatoes of the episode. 
None of us like that. And you're going to lose people right away. And you and your buddies might think what you're talking about is really funny in that moment. Um, and maybe it is. Um, but just make sure that your podcast isn't too self-indulgent, that you're not talking too much about yourself and your label. Uh, and instead that you're trying to, that you're putting yourself in the position of the listener and that you're creating content in that moment that would provide value to the listener. I talked about how this episode in this format of a podcast for record label is a touch point and it's a marketing touch point. So I have, I'll admit, I have said that this is a marketing tool, but I think what it should be primarily is it should be a valuable piece of content that your listeners are excited to listen to every week and hidden in that valuable piece of content is um, a marketing touch point where you're telling people about a new release or you're telling people about your artists or back catalog releases. And so come from a position of providing value. There's a friend of mine who has a, is an independent artist and a label owner in our community who has a YouTube channel. And he talks a lot about the creative process about manufacturing stuff at home and recording and rehearsing and writing and demoing. And I like his music and I buy his music, but the reason I enjoy the videos primarily is because I'm getting a behind the scenes look at another creative and I'm learning things about the DIY music scene. And so remember we as consumers are selfish. So all of the podcasts I listen to, I'm listening to you out of selfish reasons. It's for to better myself, to entertain myself. I don't listen to any podcasts out of charity. I'm not listening to, I'm not watching someone's YouTube video in, in full just to give them another view, just so I encourage them. I'm not, you know, maybe we do that when we like a post. We're just like, oh, I'll just get, throw them a like. But very, not a lot of us will read an entire book or an article or listening to a podcast uh, just to make the creator feel good about themselves. We're doing this out of selfish reasons. So put yourself in the position of the consumer, of the listener, and be like, am I providing content? Am I making something? Is this for them, not for you? Okay, let's move on. Oh, one other thing about content before I move on. And we were talking about evergreen content. There is a question of to music or not to music. Uh, um, uh, this whole concept of uh, a podcast for a record label, should you play music? I would say yes and no. I mean, obviously, in most cases, you have the rights to play music because you're the, as the record label, you are the rights owner. Um, I don't know. I don't know how everything works with like mechanical rights and, and uh, you know, uh, I don't really know. I don't, I don't want to get into that right now. Um, but I think you as the record label owner, you probably have the right to play music on your show, assuming it's your music or your artist's music. Um, but should you? And I would say, you know, there is a place to play clips if you're talking about the record. Um, you can isolate tracks if you're talking about the making of the record and the produ production and mixing of a record. Uh, and then on the outro of an of a podcast, if you're talking about an album, you could play a song on the outro. That to me is the the way I would use music if I was creating a record label podcast. I don't think that I would do um, talk for a bit, play a song, talk for a bit, play a song. Although I've seen that work. So that to me makes sense. I don't see an issue with that. I guess what I'm trying to say here is that 
music listening is kind of for for some people it's a passive experience whereas podcasting is a little bit more active a little bit more engaged so i would just recommend that you try to make use of that format and understand how listeners normally listen to podcasts and a lot of us don't use podcasts to listen to music we use playlists or we use our music collection or vinyl or cd or cassette and so when a lot of us are putting a podcast on, it's because we want to hear that dialogue, that conversation. So just keep that in mind. I mean, of course you can use music, but the idea of just doing a podcast episode that is just a radio show, uh, that can work, but I'm not sure that that will resonate with fans as much as you digging into uh, conversations. That's just my opinion. Tell me if I'm wrong. Number four, real quick, recording and distribution. Um. The cost to record stuff is getting less and less and less, especially over the five years I've been doing this. Um, you don't need a recording studio. You don't need to pay for a recording studio to, go, to record your episodes. A lot of you guys have recording equipment, but if you don't, you can use your phones. You can go bare bones. You can buy a Zoom recorder and start from there. You can use your laptop. You can use Zoom. You can talk over Zoom and then and take the audio from the, the, the mix down audio. Um, I, I wouldn't overthink it. I think it's more important that you get stuff out there. I have a podcast I listen to. It's a monthly podcast and it's a podcast about my, one of my favorite bands in the world. And it's run by a couple old dudes and I don't know what they record this on, but it sounds atrocious. The sound is atrocious, but it's my favorite podcast. I listen to every episode and I don't care. Of course, I would like it to be a little bit more smooth on the ears, but I love the podcast. So I don't care. I'm going to listen to it. So if you're making a great content, don't worry so much about the technical side of things. When it comes to distribution, uh, I use just, I'm not, I'm not affiliated. I'm not promoting this. I've used Podbean as my host. It costs money. Um, I've had no problems with them for the past five years. I just Googled podcast host and I found them. Are there better ones? Maybe I don't care. I've been with these guys for a long time. I have no complaints. I also launched another podcast, a hobby podcast, uh, using Anchor. Anchor is a free platform, and I believe they're owned by Spotify. So there might be some problems down the road. You might find that maybe they favor the Spotify platform. Maybe they make it a little bit more difficult to distribute on some of their competitors like Apple or Stitcher. But I haven't found that to be the case, and it's pretty good. And it's free as heck. So, I mean, Anchor might be something that you try out because some of those other platforms cost money. Otherwise, you could also use Bandcamp. I mean, Bandcamp doesn't have a, doesn't automatically push episodes to people's devices other than maybe through their app. So I don't know if people are really using Bandcamp for podcasts. Maybe they'll have a feed eventually one day. That'd be cool. Patreon does have a feed you could use as well. Um, so that's another route that you could go. Um, but anyway, don't overthink it. And there's really a lot of free options out there. Finally, uh, before we wrap up is number five is consistency. We've talked about your schedule. I think whatever schedule you pick, it's most important, um, that you're consistent because great pieces of content when released consistently, consistently, will embed themselves into people's daily life or weekly life or monthly life. And this is a case of quantity over quality in a way. It's just, you know, I have a couple YouTube channels. My wife and I watch a couple YouTube, like, you know, 
uh, home decorating shows or uh, renovation shows that that are just like normal YouTube channels and they show up on Monday nights and on Sunday nights and we watch it religiously. It's just that consistency that I prefer even over like super high pr production videos. I'm not crazy about the YouTubers who do like million dollar videos, but release them like every couple of months. I like someone to show up weekly. It kind of embeds it into my, my routine. So um, just, I would say whatever you do, make sure that you pick a schedule that allows you to be consistent. And secondly, pick a format that allows you to be consistent. So if you're interviewing artists and you're going to do weekly, do you have 52 artists that you can interview weekly? If you're interviewing artists and you're going to go monthly, well, that might work. If you're going to highlight a release from your label every month, whether that's a new release or a back catalog release, do you have 12 releases that you can come up with 12 episodes for the year? Probably do. You know, if you're going to highlight um, one month, you know, let's say you pick a format and you go one month, we're going to highlight an artist. And then the, the next month, we're going to highlight somebody in the industry, or we're going to highlight another record label, or we're going to highlight it, uh, our friend's band who's not on our label. You know what I mean? So just pick a format of your show that allows you to be consistent. Because I really believe that um, consistency is absolutely the most important thing. It's what I appreciate in a podcast. And I will unsubscribe from a podcast if I feel like they're just not posting consistently because I can't really depend on them. And I like, I like a routine, you know, um, I have seen like some podcasts who take breaks or who go in seasons. And so they release pretty consistently from January to May and then take the summer off, then come back from September to November and then take Christmas off. I did that in the early days. Um, that's okay. I think, you know, as long as remember when we talked about content, we talked about being evergreen, as long as you're evergreen, uh, where people can dive into your episodes you know, six months late or a year late and still find them relevant. I think that's great. Anyway, I've talked too much about podcasts, but we did an episode many months ago about starting a, a record label YouTube channel and uh, it was really popular. And so I thought it would be fun to talk about what does it look like for you and your record label to start a podcast? If you have a podcast and I don't know about it, I'm sorry. Let me know. Send me an email, leave a comment, uh, mention it in our, in our Facebook group. That'd be awesome. Uh, if you do start a podcast or you're thinking about it, um, then let me know when you do and I'll tune in and I'll subscribe. And um, if you have any questions about starting a podcast uh, that I didn't cover here, and if you have some you know, clarifying ideas or some other ideas I didn't mention, then you can also let me know. I'll put the notes from today's show at otherrecordlabels.com slash podcasts with an S, podcast with an S. Uh, and thank you so much, everyone for listening for five years. Um, the, the, it's just incredible. I'm just having a blast doing this. I don't see this coming to an end anytime soon. So thank you so much. Um, there's more to come, more labels, more um, helpful tips, and I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening.